1: Well, what we know is that he has been uh, soliciting funds for this building at 666 Fifth Avenue uh, throughout the Middle East. Jared Kushner would not have set foot in the Obama White House. The relationship between Israel and America is stronger than ever, and we really thank Prime Minister Netanyahu for his leadership and his partnership.
0: Hello and welcome to TrumpCast. I'm Virginia Heffernan. So on Tuesday, two members of Congress, Elijah Cummings of Maryland and Raja Krishnamurthy of Illinois, wrote a letter to the White House counsel, Don McGahn, asking for documents from an internal probe into loans that the Kushner companies had received under peculiar circumstances from Citigroup and Apollo Global Management. Those loans totaled more than $500 million. That's, hold on half a billion dollars. Kushner may be doing bupkis for peace in the Middle East, but man, can that kid klept. David Apple, the acting director of the Office of Government Ethics, wrote a letter back to the congressperson saying that the White House had informed him that they had already begun the process of determining whether Kushner broke any law or regulation in his interactions with both firms. Kushner's lawyer, Abby Lowell said on Tuesday in response that the White House had determined that Kushner broke every moral and ethical and regular law known to man. Oh, no, wait, I'm sorry, I have this wrong. Abby Lowell actually said Kushner, quote, did not break any rules. Uh Aha. And joining me in person and in the studio today is Jesse Drucker, a brilliant reporter at The New York Times. And we're going to jump right into talking about that suave figure in the Trump syndicate that we neglect at our peril, Jared Kleptner, I mean Kushner. Jesse, welcome to Trumpcast. Thanks for having me. So we've talked before on this show about Paul Manafort's ploy when he first signed on as campaign manager for Donald Trump to use his position with the Trump administration to, quote, get whole. He said, how do I use this to get whole? I love that question by Paul Manafort because it seems to apply broadly to many of the Trump syndicate and hangers-on, including your specialty Jared Kushner, who seems in some cases to be using, sometimes to be using his status as uh, close to the president, the president's son-in-law, and his advisor, to get hold on his family's real estate business. Manafort was being chased by Deripaska, his creditor, when he came to the Trump campaign. Kushner also had financial problems. So post inauguration. He's supposed to divest from all his properties. That's traditionally what what people have done. That's what the Office of Government Ethics advises. Did he do that? And what's he done with his properties and his companies ever since?
1: Well, so Jared Kushner is an owner along with his parents and his siblings in a family business called Kushner Companies, and they have sizable real estate investments and developments all around the country, mostly in New York and in New Jersey. And for the most part, Jared Kushner Jared Kushner's ownership in that business is pretty much the same now as it was before he entered the White House. Hmm. In other words, he divested a small portion of his stakes in the family business by transferring those stakes to a trust controlled by his mother. But for the most part, his ownership in the business is exactly the same as it was a couple of years ago, you know, before he was working in the government. The one big exception to this is he did divest his personal stake in the company's flagship building, 666 Fifth Avenue. The family has been trying to find someone to help kind of bail them out. I mean, the problem is the family has a $1.2 billion loan on this building that is due in less than a year. And the building is probably not worth $1.2 billion. That's the first problem. The second problem is they just don't have enough cash flow to service the debt, the payments they need to make every month. They don't have enough money to do that. So they've got a big, serious problem with that building.
0: So a lot, like a lot of Americans. Like a lot of Americans, yes. they are are, underwater. Yes. And and so, and
1: to try to deal with that problem... They met with Anbang, the big Chinese government-owned insurance company. They, The Kushners have spoken to people in Qatar, both people in the government and outside the government. And this has raised very serious issues, given Jared Kushner's role in the White House, like the propriety of his family, having conversations with serious people in those parts of the world about essentially bailing out his family.
0: Um, the match between Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump, the president's daughter, seems extraordinary in many ways. And in the way that these two American real estate companies, American real estate families, initially had a certain credibility, had certain traction with American banks, and then lost that credibility and and solvency, and then had to go abroad, but not to London or France or NATO countries. They had to go abroad to increasingly corrupt governments leading up to And, you know, the Middle Eastern governments are their own issue. But leading up to Anbang, which, you know, we had Caleb Melby on this show to talk about it. Anbang is essentially indistinguishable or at least closely tied to the Chinese government. Why do they, like, not pass go when they make these decisions? Is there no ethical check on a decision like
1: that? Well, I mean, I think that there are... You know, perhaps the the sort of most problematic thing that has gone on with Jared Kushner in terms of the company's relationship with prospective and actual investors overseas is in the Middle East, right, where – Jared Kushner's, one of the things, just to back up a second, one of the things that is so complicated about dealing with the ethics issues potentially presented for Jared Kushner is that, you know, it's not like he is the head of the Department of Energy or the head of Health and Human Services where he would have a pretty clearly prescribed set of responsibilities who would kind of know, you know, you go to run HHS, you've got a bunch of pharmaceutical stocks, you should probably get rid of those Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. or
1: put them in a blind trust or something. The problem is that his... Um, set of responsibilities is pretty nebulous. Mm-hmm. One thing where it does seem clear, a clear responsibility it does have though, is having a role in the peace process in the Middle East. And for the last couple of years, that
0: thriving peace process. That we're yeah, also well, and in. and
1: one of the one of the um, perhaps the biggest source of foreign capital for Kushner companies over the last couple of years has been from Israel, mm-hmm. both from Israeli banks, from insurance companies, and from uh, just wealthy families in some cases. And we saw this play out uh, in a very stark way last year, where literally a week before Jared Kushner took his first trip to the Middle East as part of that process, his company got a $30 million investment from a big Israeli insurance company called Menorah to help refinance a bunch of apartment buildings that uh, the company owns in and around Baltimore. And so, you know, ethics experts raise questions about what is the propriety of someone who is so heavily invested in a country where he has direct responsibility for our diplomatic relations with that country, Not, not just our relations, but also in trying to sort out the area or kind of. Do peace in the Middle East, as the president said.
0: So, so you say that he got this loan? What just week weeks before he arrived in Israel?
1: Yeah, it wasn't a loan. It was actually an equity investment. Menorah, which is a big insurance company in Israel, invested thirty million dollars as part of a refinancing. There, they had to cash out some of the investors, and so they brought them in. And, in
0: Kushner um, companies, generally, or in-
1: well, so the way Kushner companies works is like there isn't. Um, Kushner Companies owns hundreds of buildings around the country. Mm-hmm. There's no single company called Kushner Companies uh, that owns the whole thing. That you have, you know, LLCs and, and limited partnerships that own individual properties. Right. And uh, so with Delaware addresses, just yeah, like uh, Michael sure. Cohen's yeah, yeah, company, sure. just like just like plenty of other companies. yeah, um, And so what we saw back in in May of last year was that literally a week before he flew to Israel, his company got thirty million dollars from this company in Israel at Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best, it's possible pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line it's possible complex specialty care that cares about your roi it's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions that's wonder made possible learn more at evernorth.com wonder
0: this episode is brought to you by la quinta by window Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. So, you know, I um, if the sins of the father are visited, or this, this is a family bad habit that Jared Kushner has of trying to pay off governments in order to um get deals and leeway and money for his real estate empire as you know both of us know and I think we talked about when it happened Jared's father Charlie Kushner tried to bribe or grease the palms of Jim McGreevy, then the governor of New Jersey. And uh, that led, of course, to his, I mean, as it does, to his hiring a prostitute to frame his brother-in-law and so forth. And it landed him in prison. I bring this up because it's the same dynamic, right? It's like court the governments, uh, court government from the small fry in uh, the New Jersey statehouse all the way to Benjamin Netanyahu and Anbang in China in order to expand your real estate empire or prop it up.
1: Yeah, although I guess, although here it's a little bit different, the dynamic is sort of the other way around, right? Jerry Kushner is the government now, right? So he's not. The, the concern that we have with hmm. some of these meetings and transactions is whether by being a member of the executive branch while his company is out there having negotiations and soliciting money from these different institutions in different parts of the world, whether that whether that helps his company, whether that puts pressure on these potential investors. I mean, the best example of this was last May, almost a year ago, when his sister, Nicole Meyer, traveled to China
0: Mm -hmm.
1: to try to raise money for a project they're doing in Jersey City through this controversial program called EB-5, where basically investors, mostly from China, put in money, half a million dollars, into real estate projects and get a green card. And at a presentation where Nicole Meyer spoke in China, where they were trying to get investment money, she said, this project is very important to me and my family. She mm-hmm. specifically cited her family. Mm-hmm. And there were slides of Donald Trump and other members of the administration as part of the presentation. And the thing is, she's allowed to do that, right? There's nothing to preclude someone who is the member of a politically connected family. They're permitted to cite their political connections.
0: Permitted by... Law. Th- there's no,
1: yeah. There's no, right. e- there's no government ethics law that covers Nicole right. Meyer. Now this becomes more complicated. Uh, and since then, by the way, Kushner Companies has declared that they are no longer seeking EB five money for that project. And
0: you know, uh, and also, Hanbang uh, either backed off them, or they yes, backed that, off Hanbang also. So it's well. sort of similar. Yeah,
1: it's very unclear what's going to happen. Is it With the six, appearance
0: six of the impropriety, avenue? which in you know doesn't usually seem to bother the Trump syndicate? But did did Kushner and and um, Nicole Meyer did the family worry that it it's looked bad to not borrow Not totally, not totally okay.
1: clear why they've why they're not pursuing that anymore.
0: So let's talk about it's uh, it's now been a month since your extraordinary um, bombshell piece with Kay Kelly and Ben Protus in uh, in the New York Times about these other meetings that led to um, investments of so Jared Kushner in his capacity as senior advisor to the president, took a series of meetings with people from investment funds and also from uh, governments, sometimes unsavory governments, and that led, seemingly led to loans or loans transpired days after, weeks after. Talk me through each one of those. Maybe we can start with Joshua Harris, who's founded Apollo Group Management.
1: Sure. Yes. Yeah. So um, Josh Harris is a you know billionaire founder, one of the founders of Apollo, which is one of the biggest buyout firms uh, in the world also one of the co-owners of the Philadelphia 76ers. So Apollo has a separate real estate investment trust that it manages that invests by making loans to real estate projects. And beginning in early 2017... Josh Harris began conversations, began having conversations with people in the White House, including Jared Kushner, about a couple of things. One, about a possible job with the administration, and also he was part of a sort of unofficial group of executives, including other partners of President Trump's in his real estate business, he was one of a number of people do, having sort of unofficial meetings advising them on infrastructure. The uh,
0: perpetual never-ending infrastructure Yeah, week.
1: right, which was something that kind of ended up being formed officially and then was disbanded. But before any of that stuff ever happened officially, Josh Harris was one of a number of people who would come into the White House and advise them on this stuff. At the same time that he was having meetings with Jared Kushner about both a job in the White House and about, you know, kind of whatever he thought should be in the government's infrastructure policy. His company was having conversations with Kushner's company Mm -hmm. about providing a $180 million loan to refinance an office tower in Chicago. And so this is sort of unprecedented, right? Having a senior member of the government, having meetings with executives while their companies are simultaneously in negotiations with those with with the company be- owned by the the White House official, right. and so the building in Chicago, you know, unlike six 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 Fifth Avenue, he has not divested his stake in that. He is an owner of the building that got that got the loan, and so the conclusion of all this is that. By November, they actually did consummate this, and Apollo did give a $180 million loan to Kushner Companies. And just to kind of put that in context, that is far and away one of the biggest loans in the Apollo portfolio. Which is About a huge three portfolio. three times the average size of the average loan that they make, and also one of the biggest loans received by Kushner Companies um, last year.
0: So that's Apollo. And now I want to talk about another loan, even larger, astoundingly, than the uh, $164 million that Apollo lent them. Um, what about this loan from Citigroup, $325 million, to finance a group of buildings, we should say, that are very close very to near, where we Very sitting. near where
1: we are right now. Yeah. I mean, so the, the Apollo loan was one of the biggest loans that Kushner companies got. Last year, the biggest one was from Citigroup. And so there you had a situation where Jared Kushner was also had at least one meeting at the White House with Michael Corbett, the CEO of Citigroup, in the early part of the year. And um shortly after that meeting, there may have been more than one meeting, we're not sure, but shortly after that meeting, Kushner companies, Got this three hundred twenty five million dollar loan for to again to for for a series of buildings here. Um.
0: Those are the buildings on the water near the Brooklyn Bridge, right? Yes. Okay. So, um, you know, what's the precedent for a White House official like Jared Kushner taking meetings with executives of companies who then give loans or who are in the process of negotiating a loan with their their families? I mean, are there? Can you think of anyone? <laughs>
1: well, so it's an excellent question. Yeah. I think, as far as we know, there really isn't a precedent. I mean, there may be, you know, stuff that's happened in the past that we simply didn't know about. It's not like they I mean, announced. Millard this. Fillmore
0: had a sheep farm, <laughs> as we all know. Um, <laughs> but also,
1: it's you know, one thing to keep in mind. You referred to loans to his family. I mean, no, it's to his business. I mean, he he Mm. is an owner of the buildings that receive the loans. It's not like they made loans to his uncle and to his father and to his sister. They made loans to the the business that he owns.
0: And, you know, we should point out that the Kushner empire is closely married to the Trump empire. I mean, there's no way that um, it's not also in Ivanka Trump's and, for that matter, Donald Trump's interest um, to uh, fatten up his son-in-law's wallet
1: yeah I mean, I don't really know I mean I, don't, I, I'm not, I can't speculate about that, obviously, but I mean, um, you know with at least some of the ownership, it is joint ownership between Jared and Ivanka. Mm-hmm. you know it's not I mean they are it gets a little complicated, but basically the, the stakes are owned by trusts, and the trusts have their as their beneficiaries, sometimes it's Jared and Ivanka, sometimes it's their kids, but in general, it's going to be Jared and Ivanka together.
0: Did the Kushner's um, and ever invest in the Trump's businesses and vice versa, or it, it, and have, have they done partnerships? Yeah, I, so I, so I there's, there's at that. least
1: there's at least a few that we know of. Um, I believe that there's only three. Um, so before the uh, election, they were building. Uh, there is a. Uh, building in Jersey City called Trump Bay Street, which was built by the Kushners and is branded with the Trump name. The nature of the relationship is not totally clear. In other words, it is probably some sort of licensing deal where Kushner Companies is paying the Trump organization for the use of the Trump name, but we don't exactly know. It mm-hmm. has the Trump name on it. It was built by the Kushners, but that's kind of what we know. That building was also financed through this controversial visa program, the EB-5 program. Then kind of beyond that, The two companies are currently in negotiations to potentially do a hotel project in New Jersey, um, which we wrote about a few weeks ago. And then in the past year, the Trump organization quietly began managing a small hotel that's been owned for years by the Kushners in New Jersey. So those are the three, well, those are two deals they're in together and then potentially a third.
0: Um, Kushner's representative at the Kushner Company, one of them, or maybe possibly through his lawyer, Abby Lowell, he said he meets with hundreds of businessmen. um, And um, so these meetings have happened. There's very little record of them. It does seem like his, you know, his role in the office is to me business people and talk about deals. It's not just these are like three one-offs. Even his own representative says he's met with all these business people. And they're not talking about it. He doesn't say they're talking about infrastructure or innovation. I mean, I
1: you know, look, I don't know about that. I mean, I can't speculate on kind of what they discussed in those conversations. But I mean, the point that was raised actually by someone who we quoted in one of our stories by Don Fox, who's a former um, ethics head, former head of the Office of Government Ethics, said, is there really no one else in the administration who's qualified to take these meetings? Um, And this kind of does get back to the issue of the kind of particular problem that is created by the kind of undefined portfolio of duties that Jared Kushner has in the White House. And the same goes for Ivanka Trump. It's just, how do we... If he was Treasury Secretary, then you'd say, "Well, of course he's got to meet with the Head of Citigroup. But it's unclear, you know, sort of why is he meeting with that person and not meeting with you know a public defender to talk about prison reform, which is mm-hmm. apparently one of the things he's interested in. So um, and then compounding another, all this of course is the fact another that another family has been
0: prison reform because at that uh, Alabama prison camp that his father spent a year in um, i want to talk about the office of government ethics um, and david apple apol he's looking into loans for criminal and ethical violations now the ethical violations seem there, prima facie.
1: Well, no, I wouldn't say that. I don't know that that's clear. I mean, look, the the way the ethics rules work is there are very, there's a series of steps and tests that you have to go through to determine what constitutes an ethics violation. It's not, I mean, there is a a caveat to that, which is that there is a kind of broad sort of anti-abuse rule in Mm -hmm. there where it's kind of like supposed to leave um, to someone's common sense whether something is an ethics violation, but for the most part... The view is that you really have to go through all these tests and figure out if someone um, if someone has committed an ethics violation. Uh, it's not it's not on its face clear that that's the case with Jared Kushner and the meetings with Apollo and Citigroup, but it's possible. But the, I mean, but, the it's the, po- the But not divesting. That, I
0: mean, I thought that was first well, step.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, not the the, the failure to divest creates a lot of complications and makes it much easier to have a potential ethics violation. You know, that's sort of the problem.
0: Now, what if, so since OGE is looking into h- him not just for ethical violations, but for criminal violations, what could those criminal violations well, is that, is be? that is is that
1: true? Do we know about whether that's true?
0: Um, as I understand it, that's the report from OGE. Um, I can point you to it, but also maybe we could just, maybe I could just...
1: I mean, the language there, they say, um, the White House Counsel's Office... David Apple wrote to them and he said, I want to make sure they've begun the process of ascertaining whether any law or regulation has been violated in the White House. forma they had already begun that process. And I think we want to be very careful about how we characterize them. There was some coverage around these letters that said, you know, they were investigating Jared Kushner. I think you have to be... um, I think you want to make sure that you're using the right language to to describe what they're doing.
0: I think that's fair. What, um, but what laws are? What might we even invoke if we were thinking right, about so the, ethical criminal violations? The way the ethics, violations? the way
1: the ethics. Well, I wouldn't. I don't want to speculate about any criminal issues. But okay. I mean, as far as the ethics regulations go, there is something called a covered relationship. And once you have a cover, a a, a person in government has a covered relationship with someone outside the government if they have a certain type of business relationship with them or if they are seeking a certain business relationship. Mm-hmm. And so the, the the issue is, could the fact that his company was discussing with Apollo a loan, could that create for Jared Kushner a covered relationship with the executives at Citigroup and Apollo mm-hmm. with whom he met? Mm-hmm. And once that happens, then if, if he does, if they were determined, determine he does, that then kind of limits his ability to do things in the government that affect those companies now those limitations are pretty um, narrow in other words even if they determined he had a covered relationship with Apollo that doesn't prevent Jared Kushner from weighing in on a wide variety of issues that have the potential to say affect private equity firms he'd still potentially be okay doing that but it just puts him into a it puts him into a different territory where he would be limited in the things that he could do. And it's like once you have that relationship, he's kind of getting into um tricky territory if they determine that he had that kind of relationship.
0: Got it. So um so what are you as a as a reporter most um I should what are you as a citizen most concerned about and what are you as a reporter most interested in with Jared Kushner going forward?
1: Um I think that a source of perpetual interest is Who is Jared Kushner's company doing business with and attempting to do business with? Because for the most part, that still remains a mystery. And then the other mystery is, who is Jared Kushner talking to in his role as a government official? And how do those things overlap?
0: I've been talking to Jesse Drucker. He's a reporter at The New York Times and a friend of mine. Thanks a lot for being here, Jesse. Thanks for having me. That's it for today's show. Trumpcast is produced by Jason DeLeon. You following us on Twitter yet? We're at RealTrumpCast. Follow us at RealTrumpCast. I'm Virginia Heffernan. Thanks for listening to Trumpcast.